At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in to your Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Get a load of this prop that you can bet uh, on Bet Rivers. St. Peter's, the Peacocks of St. Peter's to make the final four at 28 to 1. St. Peter's, the Cinderella team this season, um, even a bigger, obviously, than UCLA last season. People like to call UCLA a Cinderella team last March, but it was tough to say when you're looking at a blue blood college basketball program. But St. Peter's, a true Cinderella, and to make the Final Four 28 to 1 on Bet Rivers, if you can stomach it. Before we get into more of the madness, though, let's talk about the Rams really quickly. They've been making some moves, lots of NFL news dropping over the last couple weeks. So just to keep you up to date, the Rams plus 150 to win the NFC West on Bet Rivers right now. Plus 550 to win the NFC. That's down from plus 575 just, what, Monday. So just a couple days ago. And 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl right now. Fifth shortest odds. They'd have to do it back-to-back. And when was the last time that happened in the last two decades? That said, we know that uh, some players have left this championship team, right? Outside linebacker Von Miller, Obo Oronkonoko. I don't have to learn how to say it because he's gone. Cornerback Darius Williams, lineman Sebastian Joseph Day, and tight end Johnny Munt all signed with other teams. And then, of course, offensive lineman Andrew Whitworth, the 40-year-old wonder, retired. 
and the Rams released punter Johnny Hecker also. Robert Woods onto the Titans, but outside of that, Matt Stafford got a $160 million extension last week, so he's there to stay. And then the Rams, of course, signed free agent receiver Allen Robinson. They said they pivoted to make that move after they found out that Von Miller was not going to be coming back. They had earmarked some money for him, but they didn't need to spend it, so they pivoted and looked at Allen Robinson. And then also re-signed offensive lineman Joseph Noteboom and center Brian Allen. Yes, OBJ. What about OBJ? They've been talking to him to get him re-signed, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. Plus, he is, of course, nursing that knee injury that he suffered in that game. So, TBD on OBJ. Van Jefferson, though, still on his rookie deal. Third year, I believe, of his rookie deal. And all good things there. So hopefully let him flourish a little bit more as Robert Woods is out of the mix now. And then Aaron Donald. He has three years remaining on a six-year uh, deal. It's the $135 million deal, uh, million dollar deal that he received in 2018. But it, the Rams have said that they intend to give him a, a new contract, sort of as a reward for his performance here. And there was some rumors floating around that he didn't really confirm or deny about him possibly retiring once he got that Super Bowl ring. It seems crazy, right? Because it seems like he's the peak of his career in some ways where he's just this defensive, no, then just the best defensive player in the league that nobody really seems to have a true answer for. Um, people try to double, triple team him and he just still finds a way. I think Von Miller being on that team was also critical and just assisting with getting Aaron Donald just a little bit of help as well. Uh, but that said, the Rams looking to entice him to return for a ninth season or more. So be on the lookout for that. But in today's show, we'll talk March Madness, the Sweet 16, which begins on Thursday. UCLA will play Friday. USC will play never because they were out in the first round. Sorry, I hit that one too hard. Part two, well, we'll talk NBA, Lakers and Clippers. The Lakers got a rare win, which was some. And the Clippers uh, battled, tried to stay in there with the Nuggets, but not so lucky. And both of them have to face the Sixers this week. So we'll get into all of that. But first things first, uh, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. So for the Lakers, they're 30 to 1 to win the West, 60 to 1 to win the championship. And they are eight point dogs versus the Sixers on Wednesday night. Total for this one now at. 229 229 for this and actually movement since i last looked at this even even within the hour uh lakers plus seven and a half no longer plus eight for this game so people back in the lakers and maybe it's because they had that little sporadic win but we'll get into it later and explain why maybe maybe uh, that win was not a lot to put stock in necessarily the clippers 25 to 1 to win the west and 50 to 1 to win the championship and they are facing the sixers on friday as for the ncaa men's basketball tournament aka march madness ucla a two and a half point favorite versus north carolina total sitting at 141 again that game being played friday 6 39 p.m pacific time no it's not it's never going to start on time but that one's on Friday. And then also uh, Thursday action going on. If you want to look at some of those numbers real quick, these aren't necessarily Los Angeles numbers, but we're all March Madness fans right now, right? So Gonzaga minus nine and a half versus number four, Arkansas on Thursday. Number two, Villanova versus number 11, Michigan. Villanova is a five point favorite, total sitting at 135. And also Duke, Texas Tech. Duke is the number two seed. Texas Tech a three seed. And Texas Tech is a one-point favorite. Goes to show you uh, that I told you I liked a lot of these three seeds. I liked Tennessee. They got bounced. Uh, but Texas Tech still hanging in there 
and a one-point favorite over Duke. Total sitting at 136.5. And then Arizona versus Houston. Arizona, one-and-a-half-point favorite. Total sitting at 145.5. We'll get into all of those games right now. And then the Lakers and the Clippers a little bit later on. So let's get into the madness. And also, you can find all those odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook. I'm going to start with this UCLA-North Carolina game because it's the local game. It's the LA game. We'll talk about it. But it's also happening on Friday night. So we'll also add in some final notes, final thoughts on Friday's pod as well. And also on Friday's pod, Ryan Rothstein of the Philadelphia CityCast will join the show to talk about the Lakers' win or loss versus the Sixers on Thursday night and to preview the Sixers-Clippers game that will go on on Friday. So that's something to look forward to. And also, again, we'll take some final notes, final looks at this UCLA-North Carolina game. I just want to give this to you guys early so that if you want to get in and, and make earlier bets, that's never been my jam. Actually, I just finally updated all of my betting tracking sheets. And I kid you not, first of all, I had a really great weekend of round one and round two basketball. I was very fortunate the way it went for me. I think I went... 16 and four, which is killer. But the real interesting prop of this is, or the real interesting stat of this is, I'm doing this live here, guys, is not prepared. Uh, 10, 11 of those 16 wins were live bets, right? So I want to prepare you guys with the best information possible when I'm doing this podcast for you, but hopefully that equips you to be able to make a live bet if you're so uh, willing, if you're watching the game. I ideally, if you're doing a live bet, it's on a game that you're interested in, that you're watching. Um, and basically, I'm just looking for the team that I want to back to go down a little bit or to just to get a little bit better value or money on their line. And so that has coasted really well for me. Even UAB, for example, uh, Alabama versus Houston, I got them plus 14 and a half early in the first half. And they ended up losing by 14 exactly. So one by the hook, just by the skin of my teeth. But you can see, I mean, this was a, I think it was a 10, eight, eight, 10 point before, you know, before the game. So got quite a bit more and you needed it in that game. Um, I also hit my first middle ever. We're totally going off at a tangent here, but I'm going to do it anyways, just to pat myself on the back a little bit. We all need that sometimes, especially when you're talking into a microphone by yourself, you know, Chattanooga versus Illinois. I took Chattanooga plus eight. Everybody that I knew in the betting community liked this, right? No one really thought Illinois was anything to write home about, and we saw that play out. But I also thought Illinois was the better team and was still going to come away with the win. So Chattanooga, or the Noogs, as I like to call them. Yeah, if you want to just stop listening to the podcast just for that, I would, you know, I'd kind of understand. But uh, the Noogs came out hot, and Illinois, I was able to get plus 115 money line on them. Again, early, in the, maybe halfway through the first half. And so I was able to hit this middle where I cashed Chattanooga plus eight. And then I also cashed Illinois money line because they did win the game and Chattanooga lost by less than eight. So that was really exciting. And that was all due to live betting. So something to worth looking at during these games, especially totals. Totals have been really interesting. Um, there's a couple matchups that we'll get into in just a minute here that are going to be very curious to see who dominates the pace of play because they're kind of opposite teams in terms of that. So that's where maybe a live bet on a total would be more interesting to me. That said, one of the few bets that I made pre-flop, pre-game, was UCLA minus two and a half for St. Mary's. I was just waiting for people to overreact to this. I know I've already talked about it. I'm going to do it again anyways. UCLA minus two and a half for St. Mary's. People overreacted after they just had a brick fest versus Akron. I understand. I get it. But 
I did not expect them to win by as much as they did. I thought they were going to win by maybe 10, maybe 10. And it was, it was more than that. So UCLA clearly the right side to be on. And I was really glad that I got that pregame because once the game got going, it did not seem like you were going to get a better number on UCLA. All right. Now let's talk about who they face on Friday. Number eight, North Carolina. North Carolina should not be an eight seed. They don't play like an eight seed, but when you look at their resume of their entire season, you might understand that. If you look at them just recently, you would be a little bit more confused because they've been really just the hottest team right now. They beat Baylor. They beat Duke at Duke. Who can forget? People maybe thought that was a fluke too, like something weird that happened, but no, they beat Duke at Duke. They beat Marquette. Again, a team UCLA has beat also, but... They're really just playing their best basketball right now. I've talked about their three-pointers. That's something that stands out. When I think of these two teams, the first thing I think of with UCLA is, I mean, I was going to say poise because they just play so well together as a team. They were turning all of these guys from the Final Four run last year, and they just have that ability to lean on each other when one of them is not playing well, right? And the other thing, one and two here, defense for UCLA stands out. On the other side of the coin here, North Carolina, their defense doesn't stand out. It's nothing to write home about necessarily, but their offense is where they're going to try to win this game. They're going to try to out-offense UCLA. So they made 13 threes versus Marquette. They made 11 versus Baylor. Um, you get the idea. But in those games, I also talked about turnovers on the last pod about how that might be their undoing in this because UCLA is great at creating turnovers and North Carolina is great at turning the ball over, even when it's not prompted. They kind of do it on their own as well. So that's unfortunate because you're going to beat yourself in that way. That said, this three-point shooting from North Carolina is troublesome, right? Like I said, made 11 threes versus Baylor, which is a top 12 defensive efficiency team, according to Ken Palm. You know, it's not, no, it's not like a slouch on the defensive side of things. They got to figure out really what the Bruins have to do is figure out what Virginia Tech did in the ACC championship because they limit them to three threes. Virginia also limited them to six in the game before that, but they shot 30%. So UCLA can't basically get by on their defense the way that they were able to versus Akron necessarily. It certainly helps. UCLA ranks in the top 15 in both adjusted offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. So they find ways to get it done, right? Meanwhile, North Carolina, 20th team on Ken Palm. And they're the 20th in adjusted offensive efficiency and 43rd in adjusted defensive efficiency. Again, those being cumulative, because if you look just as of late, UNC has won eight of its last nine games since February 19th. And they can dominate on the boards when they need to. They love to get out in transition. They're going to push the pace. UCLA is going to want to do the exact opposite. And there's been teams that have been able to exploit UCLA's de transition defense. Arizona Gonzaga being two teams that come to mind. So... That is why this is a scary matchup for UCLA as opposed to that St. Mary's matchup where it was basically two versions of a very similar team and UCLA being the better version of that. Here we have very conflicting things here. UCLA is the stronger defense, but if you look at recency, the Tar Heels opponent's average shooting percentage this season, 42.8%. Eh, right? But over their last three games, it's dropped to 37.4%. Which is interesting because it's not, again, like they've been facing really poor teams necessarily. That said, the Bruins still have the defensive advantage, but it just may not be as big of an advantage as it seems, right? Because we have to look at recent form and, frankly, what is it? Getting hot at the right time in March is the whole thing, and North Carolina is certainly hot right now. 
UCLA is going to have to get some steals, create turnovers, but two things that they're very good at. Here's what the Tar Heels are going to try to do. They're going to try to out-offense the UCLA, as I said. They're going to try to drain 10-plus threes. <laughs> they're going to throw those up. Actually, the Tar Heels attempt about four more threes per game than UCLA, and they make about two more on average, while shooting a better percentage, by the way. So it's going to be a three-point team versus UCLA, and that only makes me nervous because the other team that they had a little bit of trouble with and was swept by in the regular season of the Pac-12 was Oregon. And Oregon's not exactly a stellar team, but they were able to shoot threes well and kind of push the pace of the game. And UCLA wasn't able to, to work against that really well. And so that's a little bit, you know, asterisk. Take a look at that. Yikes. Uh, but Tar Heels also going to just try to exploit that transition defense. Um, like I mentioned, UCLA on the other side, complete opposite. They want to slow the game way down. And they want to take away their deep game, obviously. Now, what I will say is we've already seen this happen to a good three-point shooting team. Tennessee didn't shoot very well from three, and they should have. So it's possible, too, to see this. Now, that said, the way that North Carolina has been shooting, it seems like it's on a trajectory to continue that way. UCLA's defense is going to be ready. They're going to do their best. Um, they're going to dominate in the paint as best they can as well. I'm interested to see who's going to win the battle of the boards here. Um, I hope we see a lot of Miles Johnson. But frankly, Cody Riley. Cody Riley didn't really get his uh, his dues in the last couple weeks here. People have been wanting to see more Miles Johnson. And I completely understand and, and frankly agreed at one point. We started to see Cody actually become really effective defensively in the game versus St. Mary's. And also, of course, contributing on offense as well. He's a tough veteran player. That's the kind of guy you want. And Miles Johnson is no slouch either. So it's great to have them both there so that if either of them gets in foul trouble, then hopefully the other can bail them out. That said, UCLA, slow it way down, stay poised, and take away their deep game. Um, not even necessarily going to focus on their offense because it's going to have to just work. It can't be like it was versus Akron. I doubt that we will see that. I think that was adjusting to being back in the tournament arena. This is a new one. It's in Philly. It's across the country. And who has the time advantage is the question here. UCLA is going to be playing at what? 6.50 PM Pacific time. But they're getting, they got to Philly Tuesday. So are they going to adjust to the time? Or are they not? I don't know how many days it takes you guys to adjust, but when I travel, I mean, you can just, my brother's actually really annoying about this. And like when we travel for less than like three or four days as a family and we go where we're like switching three hour time zones or more, he will just not acclimate to the time zone. He just refuses. He'll just try to live on Pacific time zone. So maybe they'll do that. Uh, but either way, then you're looking at a North Carolina team that's going to be playing more like 10 o'clock their time. So it's not Pac-12, but Pac-12 after dark kind of like vibes going on it could be could be kind of dicey also of course the big question here is Jaime Hawkins Jr. Triple J UCLA's leading rebounder and second leading scorer and frankly just Mr. Does It All like even like so many tips and just him diving after balls that end up another player getting that actual stat on their sheet he's just so instrumental to this team he is dealing with an ankle injury he left with the last game he came back out at the end of the game with ice tape to his ankle he walked uh, off the bus okay after the injury. We've seen him walk onto the bus. We've seen more clips of him walking <laughs> onto a bus. And I love how people think like, oh, look, he's walking. Yeah, I mean, that's like the bare minimum we want to see him doing because obviously playing full-fledged Division One basketball in March, 
is a, a little different than walking onto a bus, but we love to see a, a normal gait. That's what I said to somebody on Twitter today. I love to see someone walking with a normal gait. He's not hobbling. He's not hopping. I mean, Kirk Christo was in a wheelchair, so these are different injuries for sure. Uh, but hopefully we'll see him out there. Mick Cronin sounded like he was pretty confident that if Jaime could walk, he would play. And if that stays true to form, which I, having watched Jaime this year, would completely agree. If he can walk, he'll get out there. Now, will he be a liability the way that, let's say, Kirk Christo was? I don't think so, because first of all, Jaime doesn't just chuck up a ton of threes. And second of all, um, he played with injured ankles most of this season. Now, this is fresh, but he played injured most of the season. It really affected his scoring. I don't know that it affected his defense all that much, but we'll see how much pain he's in. That said, I do believe he's going to be out there. In what shape is the question, right? We're going to have to see. And again, even if he gets back out there, you know how if you tweak an ankle, it's weak for six plus weeks after. So we're just looking at a situation where he could literally be injuring himself again in this game. That said, I think UCLA has been fighting injuries this whole season long and has had to rotate other guys in. The Peyton Watsons, uh, David Singleton's come in when needed for some shooting. And uh, Jalen Clark, first and foremost, right? Jalen Clark's defense is irreplaceable as well. So those guys are going to have to step up to the plate. It's going to have to be a team win, which is the only way that UCLA wins. They score by committee. They win by committee. So this is this is going to be them having to play a complete game. Um, and also, I think that they're going to, yeah, I just think they're going to get this done. I lean UCLA here. Stout defense, poise under pressure, been there before. They're against a really hot team, so I completely understand if you want to be on UNC plus two and a half just because it could be dicey. But... I think UCLA sticks to their form. I feel a heck of a lot better. I actually wonder what this line would be if we knew that Jaime Hawkins was just like, had never twisted his ankle last week. I wonder if this would be more like four and a half or something, which would be crazy to have a player worth two points to a line. But if he was full form and, and UCLA was like three and a half, I would, I would have no problem. I would have no problem, honestly. And it just makes me nervous because the three point shooting, but I think that UCLA can uh, do their thing. That's where I'm going to land with this. The total is 142.5. Seems a bit low, but that's me assuming that UCLA's offense is going to be functioning well. I don't see why they wouldn't, because even though North Carolina's defense has improved in the fall, in the recent weeks, I don't put a lot of stock in it, frankly. But color me wrong if that happens. That said, UCLA is where I lean. I haven't placed that bet yet. I don't know. I don't know. Two and a half. Maybe I take UCLA money line and not be so crazy this week. The other games going on, number one, Gonzaga. We'll just fly through these really quick and then I get into Lakers and Clippers. Uh, number one, Gonzaga, nine and a half versus uh, number four, Arkansas. Total at 155. Is this the highest total of the... It's this or the Arizona game, I believe. Oh, yeah. So 155. So this opened with Gonzaga as an eight-point favorite. It's already up to nine and a half. Ken Palm has Gonzaga winning by 10. I think that's what we see. This one's Thursday. 4.09 p.m. Pacific time, in case you want to tune in. In case you missed it, Gonzaga escaped a very athletic and very rough and tumble Memphis team that really liked to push them around, especially Chet Holmgren. Um, roughed him up quite a bit. But the Zags escaped it. They came back, I believe, from a 10-point deficit. Meanwhile, Arkansas didn't really have to face any... They didn't have to face a single-digit seed to make it this far. And in the regular season, they lost to Texas A&M twice and then won once in overtime. Most recently, they shot 27.5% versus New Mexico State. That's not going to hang with the Zags. It's just not. Gonzaga's number one in adjusted offensive efficiency on Ken Palm. Number one. It's pretty good. 
They're also number one in two-point shooting percentage. On the flip side, defense, ninth in adjusted defense efficiency, so a top 10 defense here. And number one in opponent's two-point shooting percentage. So number one in two-point shooting percentage for themselves, and then their defense, number one in opponent two-point shooting percentage. So uh, that is going to be rough for this Arkansas team. Not to mention the Zags push the pace. They move quick. They're number one in average possession length of all the teams in the tournament. Uh, not one overall, but number one, number two overall in all of the teams of basketball. But number one in the tournament, only one closest in the tournament is Arizona. They're fifth overall on Ken Palm, but second of the teams in the tournament. So Arizona and Gonzaga similar in that fast-paced style. But Arkansas, I think the fourth, honestly, like quite a bit further down the list, but fourth uh, with the speed. So they also like to play really fast. And that's why we're seeing this total of 155. They have a top 15 defense. And Gonzaga, like I said, is a top nine or top 10. So it's a ninth. It'll be interesting to see how that factors in here, right? Is this going to just be an offensive craziness, like explosive offensive game? Or are we going to see some of this elite defense in action? Like I said, Ken Palm has the Zags winning by 10. I think that's what we see. I do. I think that, the, that Arkansas is in for it. But we haven't seen the Zags dominate in this tournament yet. Maybe they finally got their footing under them and this is the game. Uh, number two, Villanova is a five point favorite over number 11, Michigan total sitting at 135. This one on Thursday after that one. So 429 PM Pacific. Again, if you're going to live bet these, see, you can just be watching like about an hour of this and get some good bets in and then like go get dinner if you don't want to finish it, which is like totally fine. Uh, Michigan is going to be looking for revenge in this game. They lost to Villanova in the 2018 national championship game, which was also played in San Antonio. Fun fact. So we look at these two teams. Villanova is a top 10 offense, top 30 defense. Um, meanwhile, Michigan is a top 20 offense, 77th in defense. Barely kind of, you know, didn't inspire a lot of confidence heading into the tournament. Villanova is just so efficient offensively. They're number one free throw shooting team in the country too, which is going to really be a big factor when it comes down to the end. And they're getting fouled a bunch. Um, they have an ability to play really great defense. They have a 7-0 winning streak going on right now. And currently their opponents have only made about 26% of their three-point attempts. But why does that affect Michigan? They like to score in the paint. They actually just average 6.3 three-pointers per game over the course of the season. That's just not their bread and butter. So not necessarily a problem for them. But Nova takes better care of the ball than Michigan. They just do. So when I look at these teams, you're number one in free throw shooting percentage. You take care of the ball better. You have better offense and better defensive rating. Those are all things that tell me. Villanova's going to get this done. Ken Palm has them winning by five. And I like Villanova minus five, honestly. I do. I think I saw four and a half at one point on this. Could have been a mirage. was in the desert when I, when I was looking at it, perhaps. But <laughs> I think Villanova gets this done. And I don't know. This is the same Michigan team that lost in the first round of the Big Ten tournament to like an average Indiana team. Because if so, yeah, give me Nova. It'll be interesting to see who, uh, who gets the best of the boards, though. Villanova minus five. I wonder if we're going to see that all week or if it's going to move, if people are going to keep taking um, some Villanova action. Also on Thursday, 6.39 p.m. Pacific time, Duke versus Texas Tech. So that's number two versus number three. And Texas Tech is the one-point favorite. They're experienced. Duke is young. Texas Tech, number one overall defense on Ken Palm. And Duke is the number four offense. I'm going to keep this short. I think the Red Raiders will take this one. They're minus 110 on the money line on Bet Rivers. Don't mess around with the point spread necessarily on this one when it's one. Um, 
Just look to a money line. Pick the team you think is going to win. Uh, Duke, I think, was minus 108 or minus 105. So it's minus 110 versus minus 105. And... I just think I just think Texas Tech. I think defense is going to win out here, and also experience in the tournament. Yes, please. I really like this Texas Tech team too, and I think some of us are surprised that Duke made it this far, uh, but maybe maybe not. Maybe that was me being crazy. Finally, also on Thursday, Arizona and Houston. Arizona one seed, Houston a five seed, and Arizona laying one and a half points. Total sitting at one forty-five and a half. Uh, if you don't know Benedict Matherden's name yet, or Christian Coloco. Time to start getting acquainted because this is one of, if not the best duo in college basketball right now. It's incredible. Also, the name Benedict, 10 out of 10. Has anyone met a Benedict that wasn't on their brunch menu? I, I have not. Uh, Arizona plays one of the fastest tempos in the nation. And, Air and Houston, complete other side of the coin. I talked about this at the top of the podcast. They're 324th in that category. This is a game where I maybe want to bet the total live. I want to see the push-pull of how this is going to look, and I think it's going to be Arizona pulling this pace up. Uh, Houston, however, is a top-10 defense and offense on Ken Palm. Arizona is 7th in the adjusted offensive efficiency and 19th in adjusted defensive efficiency. That would suggest perhaps that Houston's defense is more stout. I would agree with that. Uh, Arizona did look kind of wishy-washy versus TCU on the in terms of getting pushed around a little bit and those guys not really knowing how to handle it. We forget that this Arizona team is a very young team. Um, Tommy Lloyd, please Lord, don't put Kerr Krissa back in. That was a mess in the last game and he's clearly in no shape to be in there. Um, the only thing that gives me pause about betting Arizona here, I looked at Arizona minus one and a half. It seems like an obvious play to me. So I will probably end up betting it, but the only, and also because I don't want to overreact to their almost loss to TCU. I think that's why we're even seeing this line the way it is. And I love this Houston team, actually. Um, let me look at my original bracket. Yeah, I have this matchup and I have Arizona advancing, but this was a tough one for me because I really liked this Houston team and I considered having them advance uh, to the Elite Eight over Arizona. But Arizona minus one and a half, the only thing that gives me pause is... What the heck was Tommy Lloyd doing playing Kirk Krista the other night? And so many minutes. And then also, because it really almost cost him the game. It, it was really bizarre. He's a first-year coach with them. He is from the Gonzaga coaching tree, though. That's why I call Arizona Gonzaga Jr. Uh, but that's, that's a little questionable. And then also, just those bigs uh, getting a little bit roughed up versus TCU. Houston's going to be able to do that and more. But I still think Arizona pulls this out. If you want to bet the money line again, one and a half, who wants to lay that? I do. I'm kind of crazy like that. But you could also just bet Arizona money line on this one. There's so much action. Uh, God, that first weekend is so much fun. It's so much fun. And this is, this is going to be equally as fun, I think. So lots to look forward to, including next up, NBA action. The Lakers won and covered. Haven't heard that nearly enough lately. And the Clippers... You know, they hung in there kind of with the Nuggets, uh, but both teams have the Sixers on the horizon. We'll talk about it. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by BetRiver Sportsbook. BetRiver Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, BetRivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. 
Hey there, welcome back in to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Still your host, Danielle Alvari, and still surprised that the Lakers decided to grace us with a win over the Cavs on Monday. Very gracious of them, if you will, because we see those so rarely and sporadically. Uh, but shout out to LeBron for that one because he's really the only person carrying this godforsaken team, unfortunately. They've covered four of their last 14 games. Man, that was such a downer way to say that they won and covered, but that's how I feel. They're 31 and 41 straight up and 30 and 42 ATS. Like I said, previewing this game on Monday, they were the fifth worst team in ATS in the league and the Cavs were fifth best. And nevertheless, uh, LeBron James is going to LeBron James. He had 38 points. He recorded 12 assists and grabbed 11 rebounds. And after the game, he said, I'm literally having the time of my life right now. I also pause before I even finish this quote. I love that LeBron James sometimes just sounds like a girl on Instagram. Like, not to make this a gender thing, but he's like, I'm having the time of my life. I'm, like, living. And he talks about, like, his wine nights. And I don't know. I just, it amuses me. And um, I like to see more of that, you know? There should be no gender to that kind of language. <laughs> that said, he said, I'm literally having the time. I'm literally, it's the literally that triggers it. That's what it is. I'm literally having the time of my life right now, James said, uh, after the Lakers finished their four-game road trip, winning two of their final three. Hooray. Uh, and he said, this game's such a beautiful thing. Like, hashtag adventures out there. I don't know. Uh, he also dunked on his former teammate, Kevin Love, in case you missed this. And afterwards, he said he felt really bad about it because he loves K-Love. Who doesn't? Also, UCLA Bruin. Go Bruins. Uh, but he also said, that's not even in my all-time dunk, so I'll take it out. I didn't mean it, K-Love. I love you and I take it back. I wish I could take those two points back and still win the game by nine. Like, a little bit of shade at the end there, but regardless, uh, really cute. Russell Westbrook, 20 points, 11 assists. Huh? What? 20? 20 points? Okay. After the game, he said, nothing better than shutting people up. I don't know if the one game is going to do that, but... It's in the right direction for sure. And shout out to DJ Augustin. People, this pickup happened and they're like, ah, oh, he's kind of old. People being me, I said that. But 20.7 for seven from a shooting. So is this going to be the help that LeBron needed? Before we talk about them playing the Sixers on Wednesday, they still sit at number nine in the Western Conference somehow. They're one game ahead of the number 10 New Orleans Pelicans and three games up on the number 11 Spurs with 10 games left to play. But keep in mind, six of their final 10 games on the road and also the four home games, it's not like those are going to be a walk in the park either because they also have to see the Sixers and the Nuggets. But if you think the Lakers grind this out and the way the players are talking and, I mean, Vogel, how credible can that be what he's saying? He's just trying to – let's – moment for Vogel, please. Just trying to keep his head above water right now, saying his team has not dropped the rope. Have they? Okay. Um, it's really up to LeBron when this team goes or doesn't go. The Lakers are plus 270 to make the playoffs. So that means make it through the play-in, right? And minus 385 on the no. Yes, there's a yes-no. That's up on Bet Rivers right now. Lakers plus 270. It's not quite juicy enough for me to make a bet on also because I hate tying my money up in futures even if it's 10 games out <laughs> but or 10 or 11 really uh but it's there if you're interested Lakers plus 270 to make the playoffs Lakers diehards that's you know it's doable it's very doable it is 
Um, and then making it through a playing game, I like that a lot, again, because of the experience on the team. But who knows? Who knows? On Wednesday, they face the Sixers. Quick note, Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia CityCast, will be on the pod with me on Friday to talk about how that game went and then also preview this Clippers-Sixers game, which will be going on on Friday night. Um, I'm pretending like I'll be watching that when really I'm going to be watching March Madness. Hello, UCLA. But we'll preview it, and I, you know, maybe I'll make some action on it. Sixers minus eight at the Lakers, total 229. Sixers are tied right now with the Bucks and the Celtics for the number two seed in the East. And they are just behind the top-seeded Miami Heat by two and a half games. So they're in they're in the chase here. They're, they're alive for number one seed in their conference. They're playing for something, right? Not just trying to stay alive and possibly getting into a play-in. They're three and one straight up in their last four games and two one and one ATS. So the push in there. They are coming off a win over the Heat on Monday. Uh, they won that one by seven. And that was a game they rested both James Harden and Joel Embiid. So that's kind of a keynote for me here, too, looking at the Sixers-Lakers matchup. James Harden and Joel Embiid should be fully rested for this Lakers game. Uh, this Sixers team is 10th in the NBA in points allowed per 100 possessions. They're going to need that defense because you know the Lakers like to move the ball. Uh, they're also 13th in opponents' effective field goal percentage, so defense does a decent job at that. They're 6-1 and one ATS in their last seven games against the Lakers, so will that domination continue, at least as it pertains to the spread? Meanwhile, the Lakers on the other side of things, they just wrapped up that four-game road trip. They alternated wins and losses. They're 4-10 and 10 ATS over their last 14 games, so not inspiring a ton of confidence. And also further to the point, they have not won two consecutive games since January 7th. I can't even tell you how long ago January 7th feels. It does not feel two plus months. It feels like six. That said, Sixers just have to slow down LeBron James. Just, that's funny to say, but that's what they'll have to do. Lakers love to play fast. They're going to get points in transition. The Sixers like to slow it way down. If they can do that and just get it to Joel in the paint, they should be able to get this done. Joel, by the way, averaging 30.1 points and 12.6 rebounds a night over his last nine games. But eight is a lot to lay with LeBron James on the other side, who just, you know, went in the mood. I'm not betting on the Lakers plus eight, even though it seems like you could. <laughs> Eight's kind of big here. I won't subject myself to that, okay? I just won't do it, not even for this job. So <laughs> if you want to, that's fine. This is very much a live game for me. I can see how it's going and see who I want to get it with. For me, I'm going to look for a better live line on the Sixers in-game. Maybe the Lakers go on a little run, right? We've seen that happen. Um, and frankly, maybe LeBron is, is going full uh, mega LeBron. And in the fourth quarter, I'm going to look to the Lakers. We'll see. But I'm probably looking for a better live line on the Sixers. And I could also see this being a really high-scoring affair. Lean over but not a play. And then the Clippers, they just lost to the Nuggets on Tuesday night, 127 to 115. Looked kind of close there in the final moments. But what's really alarming me with the Clippers right now, besides the fact that, that was their fourth consecutive loss, they've lost five of their last six, and they haven't covered five games in a row. Yeah, that's a, that's a streak. Their offense has been struggling. We've seen that. They've shot 48, but they shot 48.8% versus the Nuggets, and only 31.3% from deep. That said, the Nuggets just shot exceptionally well in this game. They shot 53% field goal and 16 of 32 from three for 50% from three. 
So their offense actually looked like they shot okay tonight. What's troubling to me is their defense sliding, especially if you look at the points allowed per 100 possessions, 14th in the league just in this past four weeks. They used to be a top three or top four in this category, and they're also ninth in opponents' effective field goal percentage. They are going down uh, instead of trending up right now, so not a team that I can I can bet on right now, but we'll see what the line ends up being versus the Sixers. I got to imagine it's going to be double digits. I think it's going to be 10. We'll see. They face the Sixers on Friday night. The Lakers have their shot at them on Wednesday night, and Ryan Rossing will be here with me on Friday to talk about it all, but mostly... We'll also talk about some madness. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles City Cast. Remember, new shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I might all, always answer, but usually I try to, like, polite discourse. <laughs> so find me on there, at Danielle Avari, or avoid me on there. There's a block button. I'll be back on Friday, so come on back for more of the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.